TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 572, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is you, Sun, uh, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. And this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. All right, let's start off with the news. Tom, what you got? Some good news. Uh... Amazon has given a two-season order to bat the Batman Cape Crusader animated series that HBO Max canceled. That's the one when, when, from... Yeah, from J.J. Abrams. That's the one that J.J. Abrams uh, was working on with Bruce Tim. So that's good news. And also from Amazon, Michael B. Jordan is eyeing a Creed film and television universe because Amazon owns MGM, which owns the Rocky franchise, including Creed. So stay tuned. Apple TV Plus picked up shrinking for season two. CBS is trying to decide whether they want young Sheldon to end with season seven next year or season eight. But any anyone familiar with the Big Bang Theory lore, you can see we're getting near the end of the story because when Sheldon's 14, he go, is when he goes to Caltech. And that kid is growing like a weed, by the way. Which is uh, good because the original Sheldon's super tall. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, at Disney Plus, Bob Iger gave his first sit-down since re- retaking the helm of the Walt Disney Company. He's saying the pricing strategy for Disney Plus was off because they were making all this new content and only charging a little bit of money, which is why they jacked up uh, the ad-free prices by $3 in December. Those of us who were smart enough to renew for a full year didn't get hit by that. They're, he's still not saying whether they're going to buy out uh, Univer- Comcast Universal's 33% share in Hulu, which is interesting because NBC pulled all their stuff off Hulu for the most part, except for so they could have stuff for Peacock, which finally has a hit show in Poker Face. Um, Last of Us 208, last week's episode, hit a series high with 8. million viewers, up 74% from the premiere, so it's turning wow. into a monster hit. Okay. Uh, and there is a special guest in tonight's uh, season finale, which, if you're an eagle-eyed viewer, you saw a certain in the, in, in actor's, the actor's face right. in the preview for, for tonight's episode. Uh, at NBC, Jesse Spencer, who left Chicago Fire in 2021, is going to return this season, which is number 11, to help cover Taylor Kinney's absence. He's on leave for an unspecified personal matter. Netflix has lost New Girl reruns to Hulu and Peacock. And, but they bought Louis Capaldi's doc, How I'm Feeling Now, which is going to stream starting April 5th. I'd never heard of the dude. He's, I guess, a multi-platinum Scottish singer. So, yeah, whatever, dude. And that's all the news. I've heard of Louis Capaldi because I like his songs. He has really good songs. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the season finale of Poker Face. And this is what happens when they don't follow the 
goofy formula of Columbo, and they actually just tell concentrate on telling a really good story. And guess what? It's a really good episode. Oh yeah, uh, I was really impressed with how well this episode went because I was like, I was like, okay, she got caught, and she's very calm about it. And I guess I can get that she'd been running for her life for a year, and she finally gets caught, and she's like, all right. Let's just do this. She's and uh, she didn't fight. She didn't do anything. She was just like, I just want this to be over, which I can get. I understand that aspect of it. And then um, Ron Perlman's like, Well, it's been a year. My son was a jerk. Screw it. I'd rather worry about my profits now. And I was cracking up. And not, I not, not just that though, Libya. He found out his son was was double crossing the dad by, yeah, by right. talking to the other casino by by the fire Right. But what I really like him. conspiring against him. But what I really like also is that it shows like his reaction was after the immediate death of his son. And then after a year, he's like grieved. He's calmed down. He's thinking, I don't know if it's rationally, but from well, a business perspective, practically, practically that's business, the word I was looking for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. He, Go ahead, you son. Yeah. But you Here's the thing, um, and this is kind of huge for me. I, I, don't, I don't think it's just about the money, and if it had been, it would have been less convincing. Clearly, his life is in danger, or like he thinks it is. Do you know what I mean? Like he right. doesn't want to deal with the mafia without really knowing what the lies and not. I mean, that's the classic right. mafia thing. You know, I'm going to kiss you and kill you. You know what I mean? I'm, we're going to shake right. hands, and then you're going to walk out, and your car's going to explode. So for me, I think the show made the absolute right choice or the writers um because if it had literally just been about like let's go you know reset to the beginning and i'm just going to use you as a, i mean you know that was part of the the you know conceit was that you know and and the name badge and everything you know like you're back in the family and i've accepted you and i actually kind of thought that that was a little bit sweet um but for me it it needed to be really important i i think it's good that i'm going first because i think it sounds like you guys like the episode way more than me i i don't hate the colombo uh thing i agree that they kind of dropped the ball as the season went on and and i think that they were kind of in love with their stunt casting you know what i mean so their guest casting like they had really good uh you know uh guest performances or whatever you want to call it guest stars so i think they very much was like okay we're gonna give you like half the episode please come do our show so uh so yes maybe it faltered a little bit in terms of the narrative but i like it because it's different i like it because when i first saw it the first few episodes i thought okay even though i almost immediately recognized this is colombo i thought i'm okay with that it's a fresh take and she's on the run so she's not like an actual detective so for me i will say this very clearly I very I did like the finale and I liked it very much, but I didn't like it because it didn't follow, you know, the pattern. I liked it because it was a great episode, you know what I mean? And um I find Natasha Leone annoying, but she works in this. She absolutely works in this. So that says a lot about the writing. If you're talking to someone like me who doesn't really enjoy her performances, if I can tell you that I like her in this, that I think she's well-written, I think she's doing a good job, although I do feel like she's kind of playing Natasha Lyonne, uh, or at least- She has one character, but she plays her well. Yeah, 
<laughs> she's a personality herself, actor. That's it's it. Herself very well. She's very good at playing herself. So, um, so that being said, I, I want to just wrap up by saying, um, I, I don't know that we've talked. Maybe you guys talked about it when I wasn't listening, uh, but I was, you know, silencing you guys. But um, kudos to, um, ugh, what's his name? I, Benjamin I Bratt. Forgot. Yes, Benjamin Bratt. Kudos to Benjamin Bratt. Um, I don't know if we've talked enough about his performance, maybe because he wasn't really featured as much. Um, but hats off to him. I thought he really made the episode. And so, yeah, I know I really liked the episode. Um, there was one thing I didn't like, uh, you know, as far as Libya, you saying how calm and zen she was. I agree with you. Oh, I know what it was. I want to say this, um, how calm she was. Uh, because I get it. She's just like, I'm, I'm giving myself over to this. I'm surrendering to this reality. Um, makes sense to me, all of it. But the gun thing I thought was a little forced. If you take your hand in and think you're feeling a gun, the last thing you're going to do is point it in the direction of a person. You know what I mean? Like, and I would have dropped that gun immediately or put it down. And that was kind of super glaring. I, to me, I thought that's plot service. Like if there was, if they had given me some reason while she why she was completely pointing the gun at the guy who wanted yeah I, I feel i feel like if i felt a gun i would have pulled it out with my fingernails and been like what is this you know like that i would have done something I like have that even pulled it out of the box i would have just yes. left it in there go why did you give me or, a gun or or what yeah. i would have done i would have done that game show thing i would have dumped the whole box you know what i mean i just would have yeah gone, oh, what is yeah i would have dumped it with the you know so that was that was a really annoying for me because i thought oh that's so you know but other than that i thought the episode was excellent and paced really well Oh, and I really like the surprise at the end with Benjamin Bratt where he thought he was turning her over to the cops and the cops were like, no, we're here to arrest you for something else entirely. And he was like, oh, right. son of a... I thought that was great. Go ahead, oh, yeah. Tom. I thought that the, you know, the mystery that he was the one who set her up was a little bit too obvious and the whole gun thing, as yep. you son said, that was like, yeah, you're just really... I mean, and yes, she, uh, she's a, Natasha Leona is a personality actor. But she works if it's the right role written, Taylor written for her, which this was. I really wanted more of the relationship with her and Clea Duvall as her sister, because that was fascinating. Well, that was good. And I, I want to know. Wanted her, what, I want to. I want to know more about her and Ron and Ron Perlman, honestly, too. I, I want to know more about her. what happened between these sisters in the past and the father. I mean, there's a story mm -hmm. to tell. And the thing with Ron Perlman. It's interesting that Rhea Perlman gave the, was the voice of Beatrix Hasp, no relation. But um, so, yeah, I thought it was, I, as I put in our, in our text thread, they broke format so they could preserve the format <laughs> for next yeah. season. Yeah, so yeah for next worked. season. That was good. Allison, your thoughts before we move on. I, I really enjoyed this episode. I, and, and like you said, I didn't like it, be, you know, because it broke format, although I thought it was a very good use of that. I think the last two episodes actually have been sort of playing fast and loose with the format, actually. Um, uh, but I just thought this, this was great. I mean, this, this featured Natasha Leone doing what she does best. Uh, and so I thought that that was, that was great. The thing that I feel sort of cheated of now, though, I mean, they, they deliberately left him for the end so that, you know, we could have this guest appearance kind of thing. But I really loved the, the chemistry between her and Ron Perlman. And yes. I would have loved to have seen more of the two of them 
interacting yeah. and playing off each other because they really work incredibly yeah, they well. really his, gelled they did and his character was fascinating um mm -hmm. so i would have really loved to have seen that uh played out more i mean maybe we'll get him in like a flashback or something but it's kind of a shame that he's gone and i think you know we'll we'll, we'll get more of the sister certainly now that we know that it's already been uh greenlit for season two but yeah uh, all of it and was all of it except for the bit with the gun yes which stood out for me too um i thought that the episode was was terrific all around all right let's wrap this oh Tom, did you want to say something before we wrap it yeah, up? You're not going to stunt cast Clea Duvall as the sister unless you plan to use her in the future. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, we're going to talk Wolfpack, and we're at episode seven, which is the penultimate before the finale. And I have to say, other than the first, I'm going to reiterate this, other than the first three episodes, which are trash, I'm, I'm not going to defend those. Uh, the show got really good. Each episode got better and better. And this one... I was super impressed by the editing in this, which surprised me because this is not the kind of show I would think the editing is going to be amazing. Um, but the open, which is a dream sequence, it did a really good job of being feeling like a dream, feeling the tension, and kind of giving us information in a way that we normally don't get information on this show. And I thought it was done fantastically well. Uh, so I was a big, I was a big fan of like the first almost 10 minutes. That open was really pretty good. Uh, the only thing that I would say that was odd was when you, when they broke out of the dream and it was like the morning and her, his mom was like, Hey, what are you doing? So up early in some morning in the morning or something like that felt it was jarring, but I guess it was supposed to be jarring, but it didn't, I don't know. It bumped me a little for some reason, just because everything else in that open was done so well. Um, and then what was hilarious to me is that when he gets the rest of the pack over and he tries to describe what happened in his dream, I was like, dude, it was a dream. It had dream logic. How are you trying to explain this logically to people? Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Yusin, what'd you think? Um, I'll just kind of start where you've started. Uh, I mean, I'll skip over it. Same thing. Um, I thought the first three episodes were unbearable. And um, like a train building up steam, it is definitely moving along the tracks now. Um, I wouldn't say the show is fantastic. I, it's still like, it's still problematic for me. But for, for sure, it's 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 gone up to like driving speed or whatever. You know what I mean? It's It's kind of accelerated to the point where like it's now travel speed. Is it like you know, amazing and, you know, gone express. No, it's not a bullet train. Um, however, I will, I will say to you, in addition to what you said about the 10 minute opening, I loved it because it did two things for me. One is it bumped it up to like a, a level of like, not horror, but like it created this tension for the show that really right. did a great job of being like, this isn't your mom's teenage show or whatever. You know what I mean? Teen show. It was kind of like, we're, we're playing for real now. And, and the other thing is when a dream sequence is done so well that you, at least for myself, I question for a little while, wait, is this real? Wait, is this happening? No, it's a dream. Wait, is this what, what, what's happening? So for me, when it's edited that way, then it means it's created the kind of questioning tension that adds to you know the whole experience it's very atmospheric it's very uh visceral you know i'm kind of like really invested you know sort of uh, in that like i don't understand what's happening um so that's great 
as far as the series more on a whole, in this episode in particular, like I said, it continues to gain steam. Uh, and then there's that scene, remember, with the, I guess it was also like a dream sequence or not, and I kind of don't care, um, is when the dead girl, the blonde dead girl comes back and she's all bloody. And oh, she, she's talking to him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her corpse and then something weird happens with her mouth. That was like frightening. And I thought, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I don't want to give it down points for being like, oh, it's the, sh the, the show, the tone of the show has changed. If it had done it within an episode, I would have said, okay, that tonal shift was too weird. Um, however, it is. The show is almost completely different than the first episode or two. Um, and that's okay. We have talked about many shows that do that. Uh, some shows take even longer. Um, but I feel like I'm almost watching a different show. Um, and that's good for them. Because had it stayed like the you know show that it was when I first watched it, I would no longer be watching it. So the fact that it's shed its skin a little, molted, and it's turned into this, I don't know if butterfly is the right word, but, uh, you know, it's kind of molted into a different show, which is more grown up. Uh, it's more tension filled. I think even the acting is better from everyone. Um, and I let's talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar really quickly, and then I'll stop talking. Um, you know, she wasn't featured much. She's clearly featured now. She's pivotal in the role. And even though I think you and I, Libya, have guessed many different things uh, that I think were going to turn out to be true, I'm still well, very... What I, Go ahead. I, I was going to say what I really liked is last week we made guesses about the origin of her character and what we thought was true about her, what her big lie or what she was hiding. Right. I liked that in the very... Like, we guessed it at the end of last week. And this week they were like, you know what? You were totally right. And they just, yeah. like, did a big flashback and showed us exactly what we guessed yeah and 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 did it well like yeah. her but i i was like there's no way sarah michelle geller is running through these woods naked and uh when they because at first they show her in shadow and they show just a silhouette and then i was like that is not her and no. it's supposed to be 20 years earlier so yeah. it's okay that it's a younger actor uh that's running around naked in the woods all dirty and whatnot oh, no, it and, was version of naked i mean i know that sounds weird but it, it was like <laughs> but, but fully i don't mean that as an insult to the woman's figure um it was clearly a bodysuit and like done right fully. because no, i mean well because they couldn't really do full frontal it's still no, television I, I, no i understand that but like i don't know i think it could have possibly maybe been created more creatively edited right um uh, because it was right. jarring to the point where i was like wait is she supposed to be wearing a unitard i was like <laughs> well i mean i i mean yes it was supposed to be she's supposed to be fully naked but of course they can't show a fully naked woman on yeah, television I get it. uh and so i get it and so i was okay with it um not. <laughs> so, but I did like that how brutal, how brutal she was when she took out all those guys. I was like, holy crap! Uh, and I thought that that was done well. Yes. That I because they did all of that kind of like in silhouette. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was done great. And then the dude that like manages to run away because I was like, how did he get away? Because she like just took out all those people. Right. And he like jumps off a cliff and I was like, oh, that's how he got away. <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes sense. And she was also um, exhausted. So I don't think she could. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She, know? she was going through so much in that scene. Yeah. And I like, I, what I think is interesting is so when she's talking to the park ranger dad guy yeah. and she shows him all the bodies and she, I think she does it on purpose to see 
yes. how he's going to react because she obviously does not want to report these bodies either because she wants to stay in charge of the case. Yeah. She wants to make sure that he's on board and that he's willing to risk everything for the kids as well. And once she's like, she was absolutely. I think if, if he would, yeah, if he was not on board, she yeah. would have killed him. Correct. But because he was on board and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we got to do whatever we have to do to save the kids. And she's like, all right. It was like, she was like, either you're going to be my partner in crime or you're going to be one more of these bodies on this pile. Yes. But then they had this moment where it looked like they were going to make out. And I was like, oh, that's really hot. And then they did the wide shot. And I was like, oh, but you're surrounded by a lot of bodies. No, 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 no. (laughs) We're no making out on top of 10 bodies. Like, no, please. So go ahead. That would have made it. I mean, kinky is the wrong word, but that would have. I mean, it would have been kicky, but that, but, but that to me, if they had, that would have again upped the sort of like seriousness of the show. Do you know what I mean? Cause it would have been very, uh, we haven't, I don't think anyone's used this word in a long time or name. Uh, uh, oh Jesus. Who's the one that did, um, Twin Peaks? Um, uh, David Lynch, Dave, David Lynch, you know, it would have been a little David Lynchian, you know what I'm saying? So, and if they start they, making out in front of a, there, there were like flies, the body, yes, the smell in there would have been insane. I'm not saying I wanted them to. I'm just, <laughs> I'm I know, but it was like, they did the close up. They did the close up yeah. and they're staring at each other. And I was like, yeah. wait, are they about to kiss? And yeah. then they did the wide shot. And I was like, oh my God, there's like 10 bodies they're standing on. Please don't kiss. Yeah. So yeah. I had like a dual reaction. Yeah. of that scene which, which i thought was yeah that was that was good but i mean now i totally do want them to make out at some point just not on, on top of dead bodies please <laughs> like that's that that's that's a no I'm not uh, but yet. yeah I, I yeah i thought the way the episode ended it, like that was a great like ending cliffhanger yes. of the episode so now and then i was disappointed we only have one left this is finales <gasps> next week really just one left Yep, that's it. Oh, that's unfortunate because it's really picking up steam. I mean, yeah. it really, it's it's cruising now at like, you know, cruising altitude or whatever. That's a shame. All right. And hopefully we get picked up because there's been no word of whether we get a season two. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the consultant. And finally, people other than me have seen the consultant. Uh, but I still only watched the first episode. I And, uh, how, and so do you guys want to talk about the first one or the first two? Um, well, we can just uh, talk about the first one since that's what you've seen. So, and, and I finally get to discuss it because last week I was like really trying not to give you guys spoilers. I was being really careful. So, Yusin, you've seen it too, right? Yes, I have. Okay. So, the thing that tripped me out that I was avoiding last week is that I love the fact that they have like this this uh, Boy Scout cr- Boy, it was it's a school? Elementary like school, school comes school, to see the outing, C, yeah. yeah the CEO and they have the outing, and then when you hear the gunshots, I thought the CEO had lost his mind and had just like unloaded on the kids for some reason, which would have been horrible. But that's where my mind went. And then when we get inside the room, you see it's the little kid that's unloaded on the CEO, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's the kid's like first or second grade, like he's a little kid, like. Well, maybe not first, second grade, but still, he's still a really little kid. And I was like, what is happening? Um, That was the first clue that this show was super bizarre and weird. And then they're like, I guess our company's shutting down. And then the C- the the consultant dude shows up at like midnight the night, like, and can't walk upstairs. Like, what is going on with this? 
So what do you guys think? Uh, first impressions. Um, well, I watched this because you, you said, you know, I've, I've seen this thing and it's so weird. I don't know what to make of it. So that's the first thing that's just going to attract my attention anytime. <laughs> and it, and it is, it's, it's an extremely weird. And the more you watch it, I mean, I'm not going to give any spoilers for, for future episodes, but the, the, the weirder it, and more disturbing it gets. Oh, yeah. Um, but this, you know, this, this is a fun show to watch because it is a very bleak comedy. Um, and Christoph Is it a Walt, comedy? It's, it it is actually registered as a comedy. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I would consider dramatic, but there's other stuff that is so bizarre and absurd that you have to, you, you have to laugh at it. It's just, it's just in a, an extremely bleak way. Um, the uh christoph waltz is amazing as i mean he usually is he's his performances are usually terrific but it's like this role was made for him um he just he just oh, this really is, there's like there's like the brain matter of the guy that's behind him at his desk and he does not care nope he's just like is totally unaffected i was like you are a true sociopath yeah, you know, well, like I mean, there's there's like no human like emotion coming from this guy. I mean, emotion definitely in in weird ways, but it's all wrong. It's um, all yeah. It's like he's out of sync with everybody mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and, and that dude, the sniffing. Oh my god. Oh god. Sorry. <laughs> what? Just, he starts. He goes off on this bender about how there's a, an unpleasant smell and determines that it's coming from one of the employees and he, he lines them up and sniffs them. And oh, it's, it's so, so disturbing weird and disturbing. It really is. And then settles on this one guy. Um, and what I liked, what, what I, I don't, I still don't know what, where they're going with this, if, if anywhere, but when uh, he fires the one guy for having uh, being the one with the bad smell, when you see him collect his things in his in his office in his cubicle um he comes in with a big box and he puts it on the table and you see that it's got um registered u.s patent office on the side of the box but it's in abbreviations and you realize it spells out regis padoff and which is the no, name of I didn't Christoph's see that. Character. I didn't see, yeah, you didn't see that. I didn't the, see that at all. The guy was I, painting I totally the letters that. on the office door. The guy was painting the office on the letters door, letter door, and it was exactly if it's you just took the, the pad off. out, it was yeah, his but, name. But, but the, and then you but then you see the box when and it's just and the first thing you know you you just kind of ignore it at first, but then you realize you know this it's it's like Reg U.S. Pat off you know and and you Regis Pat off. And it's like, what is, how, what, what does that have to do with anything? Why is it that way? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, everything he's doing to take over this company. And then when they find the, the video of his, his discussions. Oh my God. Former uh, boss um, and, and see, you know, that it, within the space of 10 minutes, he apparently convinced him to sign away his company and then engage in a sexual act with him, and, and it's <laughs> and, and then he, so bizarre. And they were like, "Isn't this?" And in, in he was like, "Isn't this dude asexual?" And his assistant's like, "Yeah, he's not into sex with anybody." And you're just watching this, and your mouth is just hanging open, like, "What is happening?" 
Like, and it wasn't even like an appointment he was expecting. This guy came completely unexpected, waited half the day to have this meeting. And then 10 minutes later, the dude's on his knees. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? It's is just, this? It's so strange, but it's, com- it's strange in a compelling way. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I, I just, I devoured the first four episodes and I made myself stop because, you know, I mean, I have a way of just finishing off an entire Flying, series yeah. and sitting through. And I figured, no, nah, I want to, I want us to be able to discuss the episodes because this is just so dense and so weird. Um, yeah. That, and, uh, and I highly recommend this show. I think wow. it, may, it may be a little much for some people. They may find it confusing or just disturbing in a way that they don't, you know, can't get into. You can't but see if you me, like... but I'm raising my hand. <laughs> yeah, I was, about to say, I, I was gonna say, Yusun has like I can tell you have a different. Uh, uh, Yusun, go ahead. What did um, What did you think? I it was sort of like me. I like Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz, whatever. And um, uh, but I do feel a little bit like he also plays the same character over and over again. Which I think he's typecast. I think he's a good actor who has been typecast, but. Well, he's played good guys as well as weird you know, guys too. I, you know, like I said, but that's more of a surprise, and it kind of turns his his stereotype on uh, on 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 its head, um, which is why it works when he plays a good guy. I mean, I liked him very much in Django Unchained, mm-hmm. um, but so so I was willing to kind of give it a chance, even though I immediately was like, oh, okay, he's gonna play the like quiet sociopath kind of like I don't can't think I can't figure out what he's thinking until whenever. Uh, or may, uh, maybe the whole thing will go by and I'll never know what he's thinking. Um, but uh, raise my hand because I think everything that uh, Allison said, I mean, I it's not that like, oh, I didn't understand what was going on, except I kind of didn't understand what was going on. So I, <laughs> I, mean, I think we're supposed to like not understand a lot of what's going on. But right, I, think, I think it alienated me a little too much. Um, it is very bleak. And, um, you know, I felt like there was just too much mystery. And I actually want a question answered on air. Um, maybe I just missed something. I didn't miss the Regis, you know, thingy. They showed the I thing, did, right? actually, but go ahead. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So it's not like I didn't, you know, catch everything. Um, but what was the deal? And like I said, maybe I just missed this. What was the deal with the guy bathing himself? And why was he crying? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, because uh, the woman assistant... Or yes. as she calls herself, the uh, she gave herself a new title. She's title, a creative I what it was. liaison or something. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So she tried to not because he had already fired that guy, yes. and she was like, "In my position, I should be the one that does, you know, hiring and firing." And I don't think that's. You know, she basically pleaded for this dude to not right. be fired because of his smell, right. and the guy was like fine if you want to make that call that's your call but if he smells like that again then both of you are fired right so her way of showing him that he could be not fired is she dropped that bucket in his office right and was like if you can get rid of the smell you don't have to you know yeah, but it was so cre- it was you want to talk about David it was Rich? super creepy that was, scene was extremely it was, creepy it was meant to be disturbing no, yeah no but what yes i know i get it but it was like you know talk about david lynchian it felt a little not self-conscious but a little like we're gonna be weird for weird sake like he she could have just 
pulled him aside and been like, listen, here's the deal, you know? But so, I also think she, I mean, but how do you have that conversation? You with absolutely a, yeah, can I, have that. You, like, human resources can absolutely have that conversation with you. It absolutely is legal. Yeah, but she's, I know, but she's not human resources. She's literally yeah. assistant right. for somebody. And That's not. to human resources and she stands in the corner. It just seemed weird for weird sake. And then he was crying and then he was like 100% naked. And I was like, well, I the whole not- thing is humiliating. Yeah, so I got why he was crying. It was an exercise in humiliation. I mean, now, I mean, realistically, someone with his credentials should have just walked out the door and said, screw this, and gotten a job someplace else. But um, it's weird for weird. No, not not in this. No, it's weird for weird. And, you know, and like, like I said, normally when you guys really like a show or anyone, Tom included, I'm inclined to give it another shot and be like, oh, you know, maybe I missed something or this or that. But I will circle back and finish with this. It just may not be my kind of show. You know what I mean? It just, Which it, is fair. I, no one's arguing that it's not good. Yeah. I think it's yeah. too bleak. I think it's too weird for its own sake. I do not need to see Christoph Waltz playing another, another one of these, you know, ambiguous uh, sort of. You know, he's not that ambiguous. Not ambiguous. He's well, very much a sociopath. Well, no, because I don't know. That's part of the, to me, the intrigue of the show. Like, well, what is the reason? Why is he so, you know, this way? Because if he's just a sociopath, it's so boring. So well, boring. they do. You know, I, I, I will say that having seen half of it, because it's an okay. eight episode series, that okay. they do start answering questions. They right. don't make it you wait like till the very end of the series sure. before they go. Oh, and then. This is why all this happened. Right. Um, they do start, you know, dropping breadcrumbs. But I, right. I, I think very much if this is an acquired taste kind of series. Either yeah. it, it hits your, your buttons correctly or right. it doesn't. And it did for me and it didn't for you, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap this one up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Star Trek Picard. And I'm going to let Tom start this off for us since he hasn't talked on the last one. What'd you think of this one? So in freaking incredibly good. Um, <laughs> the, um, I, there's so much to say, basically Liam Shaw. What I, I I've loved the character since we started because yes, oh, he's your typical, he's your typical, uh, you know, we, we don't Roddenberry's edict was you can't have conflict between Starfleet officers, which really hamstrung the writers for for multiple seasons until they could finally start, you know, having people from outside the ship kind of mix things up. But the brilliance of this character is the backstory they gave him. And in the pilot of Deep Space Nine, Cisco, uh, Cisco and Picard meet and get off on the wrong foot. And uh, because Cisco reacts to him and says, have we met before? And Cisco says, yes, in battle. And then when Shaw gives his monologue and we find out uh, from the talk back on uh, in the ready room that they named the character after Robert Shaw from Jaws, he gives this great, you know, Star Trek version of the Indianapolis speech about he was basically a grease monkey in engineering during the battle of Wolf 359 and then he's spared, whereas almost everybody else dies. And what's cool is the writers told the actor this before he started the season. So almost everything he's done to kind of diss Picard and Riker, the fact that he's not enthralled with them to begin with, 
were great choices they made and giving them that backstory it just juiced it up this is one of the best hours of star trek i mean they just nailed it and although part of me is like oh the nebula we're gonna call back encounter at farpoint when i know i was like i've seen this episode before once dr bev gets involved (laughs) at least they you know they gave a shout out but the effects have improved vastly since uh farpoint yeah but yeah it was just a, it was a solid episode, and and um, also the big the big difference is in Farpoint the focus was all on the nebula and the babies and all that other stuff, right? Right. And on here it was a side story. It was just something yeah. that was happening outside the ship, and the main drama was what was going on between the characters. And then you have Picard with his son, and he's like, "Why would you? Did you never contact me? Why did you never want to see me?" And then you have that cool flashback when you find out he did come and see him but in the worst possible way like he approached him in front of a bunch of starfleet cadets and asked him a general question and why would he tell him the correct answer that's a personal answer in front of all these people exactly so he gave the he gave the exact wrong answer but i don't think that was picard's fault i think that that was that was like yeah of course you're going to say that in front of a bunch of strangers and he didn't tell him who he, yeah, who he was. He's going to break so like, down and say, no, I wish I had had an, a relationship with this son <laughs> I never knew. Um, you know, I mean, that's 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 completely yeah. insane. Of yeah. course, he's going to put a good face on it and say, yes, this was the only family I ever needed. You know, that's that's right. because, of course, that's going to make every he's trying to give a pep talk uh, to all right. of these people. So, yeah, of course, he's going to answer like that. So it was kind of silly. To, to have the kid to, to, to try to convince the audience that this is what in, made his son. I don't not, think it's silly. I, I don't think it's silly because I can see the fact that as, as a kid who's never met his dad, he's afraid. He's, he's afraid of what his. Yeah, but he's also yeah. an adult when he does this. Yeah. He's not a Yes, I know, but I still, I still get it. I still get the tension and I still, still get the fear. Yeah. And he thinks that his father might reject him and he doesn't yeah. want to go through that. So he does it in the most obtuse way to be like, well, I did it and he rejected, and he rejected me. So now I can go home. So like he did it in the most way that didn't really touch him like the safest way possible. So I yeah. totally get that. But it was, it was, it was just like, it was a bad way to do it, but I get why he did it. Go, Tom, you had a yeah, no, comment. The, the brilliance of this season is, it's good that, I mean, this is ostensibly Patrick Stewart's swan song as Picard. Sure. And the brilliance is we've waited literally decades for this wrap-up. Yeah. I mean, 20-some years since the end of Nemesis. But the fact that Terry Metalis has worked on Star Trek since he was a PA on Enterprise, the fact that he has deep love and respect for these characters, the fact that this ensemble knows exactly what they're doing, why they're doing it and they're letting all the baggage hang out and you couldn't do this unless you had the 20 plus years that we've waited and all the stuff that's happened in the intermediary and it's just you know kudos on casting these two actors because i think the kid who plays picard's son and i think um the guy who plays shaw are both terrific i mean they're they're nailing it they're nailing it Oh, sorry, Al. Go ahead. No, I, I, the, the thing that's frustrating to me about this particular season is that, you know, we could have had this from the beginning. <laughs> it, was, it was like, <laughs> instead, we wasted two years. I came so close to not even watching this season because last season was so disappointing and so bad. 
And it was only because the, the trailer for this looked like, huh, it was so good. okay, all right, I'll just look and I'll probably ate it, but okay. Um, and, and it's like, it's, why couldn't they do this from the beginning? This is, this is what we tune in to Star Trek for, to, to, to see these characters interact, to watch the, you know, the big space explosions and all the things that Shaw said he wasn't going to do with his ship. That's, that's exactly what we're, we're here for. And, and I, I would like to give a shout out to Todd Stashwick. We were talking before, you know, about Christoph Waltz and, and others who essentially play the same kind of character. St Todd Stashwick has been, you know, typecast as, as bad guys and losers and idiots, uh, like his entire career. Um, what I think is so interesting about him, though, as an actor is that he specifies each one so they don't just bleed into one long bad guy. And I think with Shaw, this is this is especially true because he's not just a one note, you know, asshole. He's he's, he's also self-aware. I give he, him points for being yes, self-aware. He, he knows that he's he's yeah, like I thought that. that was well written. Um, but I his, his whole well monologue it wouldn't have been believable of his redemption. Yeah, I, and, and I was, I, you know, when they first introduced his character, I was not expecting them to go that deep with, with you know, like a one-season character. But I, I love what they did with him, and it, it rings so true, because not everyone is going to look at Picard the way the audience does as this big hero. He saw Picard from a completely different angle. As far as he's concerned, he, he ruined his life. He got people he, who were, he considered family killed. Um, I mean, what happened to him was devastating. It scarred him for the rest of his existence. I, I know, but it, but to be fair, Picard got kidnapped and turned well, into well, this know, but, monster. Well, we know that, and logically, <laughs> yes, he didn't. It's not like he did this of his own free will, but from but he still can't forgive him for this here, because here. that's the only. He's not. He's not. Oh, the whoa, Yusin, wait, wait, wait. Usen hasn't gotten to speak. Let Usen speak real quick. Uh, well, no, this is the perfect for me place to, to jump in because, and I and I will I will be very specific about this. Uh, I I'm less impressed with Shaw. Um, I I thought the scene was really well written and it explained a lot and it gave him his character depth and his anger and his gruffness. I think they did a nice job, um, you know, making him human and then self aware and all of these things. And it so it kind of makes sense. His character makes more sense to us. He isn't just a a trope and a you know a thing that you know moves the plot along. I I didn't think he did a terrible job with it. I just felt like it was Emmy real stuff. I think he knew that this was his one shot, you know, in the series to make an impression. Uh, so he's just going to leave it all out there. So I don't think it was terrible, but I mean, you guys are raving about it. And I remember watching it being a little self-conscious. I was really like, oh, he's just going for that statue. And I thought you know, it, it was written well, he did a really good job, but I, it wasn't as emotional as I think it was supposed to make me, and clearly the way that it made you guys. However, it, it, it wasn't about that. being, I was going to say, I don't think it was about being emotional, because it was just understanding. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I didn't cry, yeah. I didn't cry or anything, so, but I no, think no, but that, well, uh, but emotional to me doesn't mean I was crying. That's nuanced. I mean, for me, I'm supposed to feel something. I mean, I don't need to feel tears. I just felt it was a little, like I said, it was a little 
self-conscious. I mean, I think that he knew that this was his big scene and he was just going to go for well, it. Well, every actor so, knows that and yeah, goes exactly. for it. And I well, and I give points for, no, for, I mean, you saying leaving it all on the field, is that's a good thing. No, but I'm saying he tried to, you know what I mean? Like I'm saying, we don't have to harp on this because I, you know, I want to go back to what Tom was saying, really, and go Allison ahead. as well. Go ahead, go, go back, go, go back to what Tom was saying. Go ahead. Well, no, what I'm saying is it was, it was a fantastic episode. And what, and what, uh, what Allison was saying, it's a fantastic series. I think I said this last week. This is what I signed up for when I heard that Picard was coming back or they were making Picard. I didn't even finish last season. So, Allison, I beat you because I <laughs> gave up on the series mid-season. And I was like, you I'm not coming back. missed nothing. Yeah, right. exactly. And so when I asked you, should I, should I, you know, what did I miss? Is it worth me trying to start season three? Uh, you said go for it. And so, oh boy, I'm so happy that I did. So, and I'm not harping on Shaw as like, oh, he brought the episode down or it was terrible. I just, it was an entree point to, because that was what Tom spoke about. And I thought, all right, I'll just enter conversation here. But uh, the, lastly, I will say that, um, I love the end where the mystery of Picard's son, they left it with the cliffhanger of like, what, what, you know, was he brainwashed? Was he this? Was he that? They make a big deal, Beverly does, and not, I'm not dissing her, about how Picard is always the this and the, you know, he brings all the danger and he brings all the whatever. But, you know, if it had been this last season, yet one more time, yet about Picard and what, you know, he gets kidnapped or he gets brainwashed or he this or da da da. I love that it's generational and they've moved it on to his son. You know what I mean? And whether or not that's purposeful in a way, uh, whether or not they're going to spin it off so he gets a spin off, like, I don't know. But um, I very much like that twist and I love the tension and the mystery of it. So I'm invested because of all the things you guys said. And then I'm extra invested because there's a mystery, you know, afoot. So you're saying okay, that Tom, like, Tom, like wait, wait. the accent being kidnapped is genetic, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, Tom, hurry up. We, we're, we're, we're out of time. So, Tom, quickly. Real quickly, the um, Patrick had zero interest to start Picard with a Next Generation reunion. So, right. either, you know, seasons one and two, were, we have different thoughts and opinions about them. Most of them coincide. But he wanted to end strongly, which is why he agreed to do the TNG reunion for season three. And uh, Shaw, Liam Shaw is informed by trauma. So that's what I think is really interesting is the guy has managed to work through it, but he's still not quote unquote over it. Sure. Yeah. And he, I don't think he's redeemed either. I think he's on his road to that. But let's, yeah. let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk shrinking and what the heck happened in shrinking. Someone help me out. Oh my gosh. Uh <laughs> that was so good. It Paul's daughter is not talking to him. And then he blows it with uh, Jimmy's daughter. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have Paul basically is, he's not really spiraling, spiraling, but he's not having a good time because his daughter won't take his phone calls and he's angry and he starts yelling at uh, the other daughter. But, and then that propels her to act out. And so she goes to some party and then goes to meet some college dude and uh, has then the most humiliating experience ever where her three dads show up. Three, and two dads and a grandpa. Of... Two dads and a grandpa. <laughs> that was the they best. all show up to, to threaten him, and they're like, she's 12. She's like, I'm not 12. <laughs> just... She still grabs her jacket and gets up. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, you can't not at that point. And I do really appreciate 
that the father got the guts to discipline his daughter because he's all he's had this guilt that he's been misbehaving for so long that he's lost the right to discipline his daughter and i like that paul was like dude you got to give her structure you gotta you gotta let her know that you are on the job that you can be proud of being a father yeah and i i thought that was a really good point at the end and then you had the other storyline with gabby and going to the art thing with her ex which uh, yeah that was kind of crazy but it was enjoyable hilarious that hit every female no i just had this conversation in real life with a friend of mine who's having relationship difficulties and the whole like now he's got his act together i put up with him for all these years and i couldn't fix him and the moment that i you know i walk away because he's a loser he suddenly unlosers himself you know what i mean and so all the emotions that she goes through amazing very real but obviously amped up for comedy's sake but um oh the best the award goes to the react i mean first of all her this weird relationship she has now with the neighbor is fantastic that is just oh yeah oh good i really like their friendship i really like their friendship fantastic and she calls her out on her white privilege all the time but you know and then you know (laughs) she's like this yeah so this is why all my friends are rocks you know she's like i'm terrible But I mean, the the award goes to um, the vet, you know, that scene where she's like, oh, my God, and you've got the best angle, like a black, you know, vet with post-traumatic stress disorder. I could totally hook you up with my, you know, with my friends if you want to be a caterer. He's like, yeah, yeah, really? And then like the whole time that he's at the art gallery, he's like, yeah, I'm going to take five, maybe 10, maybe 10, you know, and then. Yeah, well, that's because they kept saying crazy stuff every time they said something. Yeah, that was great. That was, was so our, great. It was our audience reaction. You know what I mean? He was out. He was us. You know what I mean? And so as much as the show can kind of careen off the rails, it, it does something really magical, which is keeping it real. Like at the same time, the comedy could be literally overboard. Uh, and it is. And it's so funny, but it's so still grounded. I mean, even that scene I thought it was amazing where they sat down and were trying to explain to the daughter about them having sex with each other. (laughs) It was so fantastically cringe. And she was like, no, no, don't touch me. And then she was like, fair, fair. And then like all of it was like, and then the part where it was like, well, we weren't laying down the whole time, but we were standing. standing." Sometimes I was like, shut it down, shut it down. (laughs) All of it was great. And it was so uncomfortable for the daughter. The daughter was like, do I have to listen to this and uh yeah it was so good that was really great so shrinking i am definitely unless tom you have something to say no other than that we're giving it a fun episode it's always good to see gabby go off the rails because she's usually the logical smart one yeah yes as as she yells he does butt stuff butt stuff (laughs) as she's being dragged out of the the uh, gallery that was fantastic all right so that's a thumbs up let's move on uh, next up, we're going to talk Bad Batch, which we haven't talked about, I think, in, God, like, months. But you guys said that it's gotten better. I stopped watching it after the first couple episodes. So here's, uh, are you telling me I need to catch up? What's going on? Here's the problem with Bad Batch. The arc episodes are fine. The standalones are not fine. <laughs> they're They're very <laughs> meh. So, and also, what's interesting is they keep splitting 
the Bad Batch up into smaller component units. So we've got we've got three of the clones and um, Omega as one unit, and then we've got um, oh geez, like Crosshair. Crosshair. And we finally got a Crosshair centric episode, and then the other dude that they got rid of, you know, three four episodes ago, we haven't seen caught up with him yet. So kind of the mission-oriented ones, which are like, you know, somebody steals the ship, yeah, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But when they start getting into the mystery of the cloning on Kaminar and people are doing stuff and there's something larger going on, CO conspiracy, that interests me. And also catching up with Crosshair was interested, interesting. And the Imperial officer who oversees him is such a, he's such a douchey, you know, humanist because he hates the clones and never you know, always finds a way to put down cross. I'm thinking, dude, you're going to get fragged by that clone if you keep. <laughs> That's not the one you want to cross. Yeah. Yeah. Of all so, the clones, uh, don't mess with him. Allison, your thoughts real quick. Um, I, I agree with you. This has been a, a really mixed season and, and, and most of it's been kind of meh. Um, every once in a while, there's been a, a good episode, but, and, and as Tom said, most of it, you know, is is stuff that sticks with the arc, so we feel like we have some momentum, some sense of, you know, something actually happening here. Uh, even though this was just a Crosshair episode, I, I felt that there was momentum as far as the story is concerned, because it looks like they're doing, they're finally getting around to trying to redeem Crosshair. And mm. they do it by by giving him a really good dose of reality as to what the Empire really thinks of of clones and just how little he is actually valued, however much he wants to be a good soldier. Um, I thought that the, you know, I, what, what I've been noticing, too, is that even though the style of, of the uh, the animation never changes, of course, there is a definite difference you can see between, you know, when when certain groups are doing a particular uh, episode and others, there's there's more or less animation in the faces. There's more or less um, detail in the backgrounds or the, the use of physicality in the bodies. And this was a particularly great episode as far as even the animation quality was concerned. The, the expressiveness and the detail and the movement was was really wonderful to watch. It was a beautiful looking episode overall. And and the what they're doing as far as the the character development was terrific. You know, I did, if you'd told me that one of the best episodes would be an episode about Crosshair, I would have been like, I I don't think so. But this really was terrific and um I, i'm forgetting i'm blanking now on the actor who does the voices of all the clones but it always impresses me how he manages to to create these different characters and i have to keep telling myself it's the same actor talking to himself but it's <laughs> such a beautiful job of of making of individuating all the different characters including the the uh poor um i figure is is he a captain um, who's in charge of this this place that they go to the uh, the outpost that they go I to? I forget his rank. I mean, they they've been decimated, and the the empire is like all but forgotten about them, and they're just watching over this old equipment, um, these 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 uh, boxes of of equipment, and they don't know what's inside it, and the um, it just whittles it down to this one last guy who's who's left, and the rest of the episode takes place, you know, with just him and Crosshair. 
but it's he's a wonderful character and and i love how how precise he's made um so you you really end up feeling a lot for this character who's really just in one episode uh i thought it was a, a terrific app you know if it, maybe if you don't i don't think you necessarily need to even see the other episodes to to appreciate this one. <laughs> all right let's let's move on i think you guys are giving it a the show a thumbs sideways but yeah. at least that episode a thumbs up all and right Dee, next up Dee we're Bradley gonna baker voices the bad batch ah yes oh, okay uh and next up we're going to talk the mandalorian and this was episode two i believe 302. um and and i think as i think allison said this uh on the on the thread we should have just started with this episode yeah because we already knew all the information which is hey i'm going to the to bathe in the baths of mandalore and and that's basically what this episode Mines. is. He's going. Say again. Mines. <laughs> mines. I said. Well, the bath, the mines. There was the water, the water, water in the mines. Water in the mines. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is actually what we've been waiting for. Versus him going around just like telling everybody what he's going to do, which is what happened last week, which was so weird. Uh, so this week he goes and he does it, and he gets to fight these weird mutant thingies, and uh, gets captured by the most disturbing machine spidery thing controlled by a crab like Dalek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it set a great trap. I have to say that when the trap sprung, I gasped out loud because I didn't see it coming <laughs> at all. I was sitting there in my living room going, <gasps> you know, like I jumped back and that's, that's great because this is not a show that really does jump scares and it wasn't exactly a jump scare, but it was startling and I liked how Grogu like was like, okay, I'm gonna go rescue Mando by myself, even though I'm just a baby. And he really gave it a go, and then failed, and then was like, run away. <laughs> and that was all of that was really good. Like they had, you had a good help. Yeah, and yeah. I like that they've now tried to give him a little bit of language, like they have him babbling more to say stuff that's almost words, but not quite like. They're trying to get him to where he can speak, you know, and uh, I like that they're building up to that. Uh, you know, he's a baby. And uh, so he's going to have a couple of words here and there. And I thought that was pretty good. Um, and as much as I keep calling her Kara Thrace, good Lord, uh, Bo-Katan, <laughs> as, Mo as much as Bo-Katan was very much like, I'm tired of Mando bothering me. I'm telling him to leave me alone, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, oh, wait, he's in trouble. We must go rescue him. So uh, I like that there is that kind of loyalty, friendship, even if she was just kind of like, I don't want to be bothered with him just annoying me. But if he's in trouble, I totally got your back. So I really appreciated that aspect. Um because I think he saved her life a couple of times. She's like, okay, I got to go save this dude. And I liked when she just kicked butt and the baby was like, whoa. And she's like, what? You thought your dad was the only Mandalorian? So that was, that was, a, that was a nice little uh, plug there. Because they, they made her very impressive in this episode, which I also appreciated. Anybody else? Thoughts? I'm going to stop talking. Um, I just, you know, like... Like I had said in the thread, um, they, they could have just junked the first episode because it was completely pointless and worthless um, and started with this one. This is where the story actually got going. Correct. Yeah. Um, this is where we had plot momentum. This is where the characters were doing things other than spinning their wheels. Um, 
And I, I really appreciated that. And I loved all the, the little touches of the episode. The, um, the, the creatures that were setting upon them had, had very uh, um, uh, time machine kind of vibes for me. Uh, and they were very um, distinct. Morlocks. Yeah, yeah Morlocks. Um, that that I was I was thinking of that, and the design that they did uh, on the on the creature who who captures him. Um, I kept thinking, this is what the Daleks should have looked like if they had had the budget and then the design sense. <laughs> it was it was really you know the the idea of this this biological creature who's in, using this mech to get around and the and the, it's tiny i like that it could it, disconnect itself yeah well yeah. That, that whole you know um the russian nesting doll kind of thing where it's just a mech inside a mech inside a mech um with a little creature at the very middle um but and it was it, that that was that was creepy and wonderfully designed and wonderfully thought out um i thought that was very inventive the whole thing with with Bo-Katan, though although i loved again you know the, the whole badass thing of her saving him and and leading him through to find the mines and all of that and finding the, the creature that she thinks is completely mythical is right they find the him water. at the bottom of the ocean yeah um, all the, the mines yeah all of all of that was 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 great stuff but what it, it it also made me wonder is that you know they when when grogu goes back to see her She's still sitting in that chair. <laughs> and I'm thinking, she is that all she does? She's just yeah. Like, everyone abandoned her, and now she's just going to mope it, sitting it in that like chair. It looked like she was sleeping in it. It looked like she was sleeping in it. There was like a blanket or a pillow or something. Yeah. Which, which I, I mean, he saw her last week in the last week's episode. She was sitting in the same chair. She hadn't moved. She, she's practically in the same position. Yeah. The, thing that, the thing that gets me, though, is I could understand that if she was like depressed and just sitting around. But if that's the case, why is her her makeup and hair on point and she's in full armor <laughs> she'd be like she'd be in her bathrobe, bathrobe. Like i knew you were gonna say that and, and, you know, tv remote in the other and and she would just be wasted she'd just be like ah go away she's um, gotta look good in case uh you know somebody comes to the house or the planet <laughs> or the moon or wherever she is just in case yeah yeah, that was, but I, I really appreciated her. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? It looks like they actually had um, Katie Sackhoff dye her hair instead of that terrible wig from last year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you, any thoughts about the episode? No, I agree with everything <laughs> y'all said. The the crab creature was cool. And so it's good. interesting. There was a whole discussion about how there's a seal on Mando's helmet. So if he doesn't seal it, he can drown, but if he does seal it, it's waterproof. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, some people have a well, little bit too much time on their hands. Well, what's the thing that tripped me out though is when he's like, I'm gonna bathe in the water, I pictured him bathing in the why are you going in there full armor? What are you doing? <laughs> like I like when it's he like started catch- getting in the water. It's like yeah, a catch twenty two though, because he needs to bathe in the water, so presumably the water needs to touch his body. But at the same Thank time you. at the same time, the whole reason he's doing it is because he took off his helmet, so he can't take off his helmet. And it's like but, but he but, could take but, off what? everything else because I I would be fine if he started taking <laughs> off the rest of his I would be more than fine his... if he took off all his stuff. <laughs> You know, I didn't mean um, it like that. I did not mean it like that. that I just I meant to see, need to see a Comic Con or Dragon Con is a bunch of 
Mostly naked. Mostly naked. With the helmet on. With the helmet on. I was not, that was not what I was going for. But I just thought that it was weird that he was going to bathe in the mines fully clothed. I was like, who does that? And so that was why I thought that was strange. And then, of course, he walked right off the cliff and sunk like a log because he's wearing all that armor. And I was like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. Plus the creature, you know, had some designs on him too oh you think that you think the creature dragged him Absolutely. i thought i thought he fell off the edge that that's was what i thought because I thought. it didn't look i like thought he fell off the yeah the, the creature wasn't even awake until they came back up i think what happened is he he walked out and then it dropped off like a cliff and he just dropped and he's wearing all this armor and he took off his back he took off his uh pack. his pack his jet pack so he had no way to get back up and he just sunk like a log. Yes. Note to and, self, if you're and, going to bathe in the waters of anything, it's best to A, take off your armor, and B, know how to swim. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I was like, what are you doing? So that was hilarious, and it made him look dumb. But it, it let really, Bo-Katan come and rescue him. So it was that. illogical. But um, does yeah, she still have was. a claim on the Darksaber? No, she didn't defeat him in battle. She just saved him from drowning. (laughs) I thought thought it was great that she handled it so well. I mean, he got in a lot of trouble, and I actually thought that was pretty realistic and funny. I mean, I don't know if funny is the right word, but I thought, oh, that's very realistic. Um, Oh, that she could use the Darksaber very easily, right? Right, and he couldn't. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, he's not familiar with it. So uh, I think... Um, I, I won't say that's much, true. And she's used her. it before. They said that yep. it used to be hers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, she absolutely knew how to use it. Right. All that. Cause what I'm saying it was, it was authentic and it made sense. That's what I'm, you know, you know, I like it when they, you know, they, they, um, whatever, when it's, things are accurate to their world or whatever, like that makes sense. Um, I won't say mm-hmm. much because everyone has said everything. Um, I, I think this episode, this season as well is, you know, that same idea of picking up steam and just kind of, you know, at, at cruising altitude now. I mean, I'm not saying it's not good. What I'm saying is it's definitely got a slower start. I didn't dislike the first episode as much as you guys, but um, it's absolutely building. And uh, Grogu is just, is just as cute as he can be, still as adorable. <laughs> I, I thought that maybe I was going to be over it. And I thought, nah, you know, it was like a first first love kind of a thing he's so cute and i don't won't care next season and now i'm like oh but look at the what is a cool group oh look at him just a smile like i mean so that's really fun for me and then i will back up because it needs to be said the resting the nesting russian nesting dolls aspect of the the creature who was like a big spider. Then he was like a little, I don't know, praying mantis. And then he was a little something else. And they, da, 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 da. I was like, that is creepy. And I was like, so effective. Uh, so I was really, really impressed. So I, yeah, I liked the episode a lot. All right. So we're saying thumbs up for Mando this week. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the quint, the penultimate episode of the last of us. Um, so, this episode basically introduces us to David, who seems like a not too bad guy. Their their town is hungry, and he's got a nice religious group who's all you know super preyy, and they depend on him for food. And he's totally cool and above board. There's absolutely nothing suspicious about him whatsoever. And <laughs> <laughs> what could be wrong? So you know him and Ellie don't hit it off at first because he tries to steal her deer and then he's like i'll give you medicine for your 
sick guy and we'll just sit over this fire and everything will be great. And he lets her take the medicine and every, but he's like, your guy's the one who stabbed our guy. There's no such thing as coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. And then everything starts going downhill very quickly from there. And I, I thought this episode was great because I like that they, they let you know there's something off with David at first, but you're not entirely sure what it is. And the more you get to know him, the more you're like, oh, this is, this is not, okay, this is not good. This is really not good. This, and then he slaps that girl at dinner and like knocks her across the room. And, you're, and then he makes her like grab his hand to help him, to help her up. So you're like, okay, this dude's like abusive. And then you realize, oh wait, this is like a cult. And it's like, as you get more information, you're like, David's not a good guy. <laughs> oh, he's just, I mean, I can't decide what creeps me out the most when he starts talking about how he got saved. You know, he found religion after, after, after the apocalypse because the cordyceps made it possible. It's like, that's right. Weird. And Ellie's got great instincts. Girl, never give up on your instincts because you got them. <laughs> or, or when he starts interdigitating with her hand that he's got her locked in the cell, that was it. And then the final straw is when she spots the human ear. It's like, oh, Hell to the no. <laughs> I, mean, the, the, I like I like how she played into him. Like he's touching her hand and she puts her hand on so his hard. and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm feel, and she like totally just breaks two of his fingers and goes for the keys. I was like, that's, that's, that's it. The, the absolute brilliance of this episode is as audience members, we're waiting for quick Joel, come and rescue Ellie. And by the end, Ellie don't need no rescue and Ellie can take care of herself. And I she took, that. she took care yeah. of business. Let me tell you. I love that. That was <laughs> well, great. You know, here, here, here's what I'm going to say. When you guys sort of warned me uh, that it was, I don't know what you warned me. I said, I said violent. I said oh, it was right. very violent. Violent, but not necessarily gruesome. Okay. Um, skinned dead human bodies hanging on a meat hook. That's gruesome. But that's, <laughs> it was five was, seconds. Come on. I was like, yes, but the whole visceral experience of it. The thing is, I wasn't surprised. I mean, we knew as soon as I walked in and that guy's face was all sunken in and ashen and they said, oh, he's a preacher. He was quoting stuff. I was like, oh, we're in big trouble now. Big, big trouble. And I was like, and there will definitely be cannibalism in this episode. So, I mean, none of it was a surprise. But for me, I thought it was, I don't know, maybe it was just me. And maybe I would have been a little bit more forgiving. But I get it. You know, they were really upset. Her, her Certainly the daughter. Her father was killed and this and that. But they were, it's a doggy dog world. And if they're attacking someone, they, you know, literally a little girl. And, you know, they don't know if it's not her dad, right? And one of them gets killed. Like, I mean, that's kind of what happens when you're like, killing people like trying to you know what i mean so i get it because that's what this entire season is about and, and humans fighting humans and this and that but I, I so i won't harp on that because that's what the plot is um but none of nothing was a surprise even the fact that you know obviously she was going to come out on top the fact that they were cannibals the fact that all, all of it none of it was a surprise but i will say what i say all the time um if you're going to give me something that i already know or guessed at uh, just give it to me well, you know, or put a twist on it. There was no real twist, except Tom did mention that um, she took care of business. Um, and I loved it because it's so in character. You believe it. Um, she did such a good job because there was fear and there was uncertainty, uncertainty, and there was insecurity. Uh, and yet she still prevailed. 
and it wasn't there was a mix of like brain and brawn which is also pretty hard to do when you're that young um but so i it was very visceral in the sense that her her the energy that she spent and the mental energy she spent to get out of that situation was very realistic and i i felt like i was there with her so i thought it was shot really well and then the denouement where he she was reunited you know and the two of them and he was like baby you're you're fine you're gonna be okay and then she just it's the baby it's the baby girl it's the baby baby girl girl, you called her baby girl i was done i was was like keep forking me and then she (laughs) finally let go and was acting like a little girl you know what i mean like after having survived that with blood all over her face and her cleaver meat cleavering people and this and that so that was potent and it earned everything you know it i mean all of it so i thought it was a tremendous episode uh allison um i just have to echo what what everybody else said it was it was a fantastic episode beautifully structured beautifully paced i loved the fact that really from the beginning we're seeing how capable in this episode ellie is because before you know up up until this point we've really been seeing joel taking care of her and you know she's she's wanted she's shown signs of wanting to take a more proactive role but really she hasn't and in this episode we see just how capable she really is and it's Uh, it's a spoiler i'm gonna give you real quick spoiler thing which is not really spoiler but the guy who created the game i just blanked on his name he said the reason he created this game was because of this episode he envisioned this where you think that joel's the hero for the whole game and then now you're playing with ellie and then you think that joel is going to save her but she saves herself Mm -hmm. he said he had this moment in his head when he first started writing the game from scratch that's this is what he was writing too and 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 it just it really it it's a wonderful crescendo you know if that's what he's he's building up to then this, I mean, he, he real, it was realized beautifully in this episode because you come away with it feeling like, you know, Ellie is, is maturing, even, even though at the end when, you know, after she survived all of this, when, when Joel, you know, gets a hold of her and, and, you know, calls her baby girl, which made me lose it too. Um, and she, she collapses into him because you, you remember as capable as she is, she's still only 14. She's a and child. She's a child. Yeah. And, and she still regard. And she, I think at this point they have truly become like a family unit and, you know, the surrogate father and daughter. And it was just a, a gorgeous moment after everything. I should mention also one other thing that we haven't mentioned in this episode is that uh, one of the, the, the um, members of this, this group, that they were after the second in command, whose name James. Was, James. Yes, um, James was the uh, video game Joel. So yeah, I, yeah. I, it, it's kind of interesting that that Ellie kills Joel in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's because when they interviewed him, he said, "So you want to hire me to be the guy that tries to kill Ellie?" Like he's like, "That's the <laughs> guest role you have for me." Um. He's like, all right, I guess that's what I'm doing. So, because uh, he's the one who shoots her horse and gives her a concussion and everything, and he's actively trying to kill her during this whole episode. Um, but yeah, and then Ellie does kill him. So there you go. 
with a with a tomahawk to the net too. Yeah. <laughs> the, net. Um, the um, yeah, it's just Bella Ramsey and the Pedro Pascal. It's like just cast Pedro Pascal to play every father figure protecting a baby through a teenager. Okay, <laughs> double dose these last couple weeks, but man, they they totally earned that. And the look on her face and the look on his face. But I love that it takes us eight full episodes to finally get him to accept his role as surrogate father. Because she was needing this. And after she proves that she doesn't have to have somebody take care of her, she has somebody who does take care of her. This show is so good. Neil Druckmann and and the the dude who created um, um, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I'm, yeah. I'm blanking on his name, but man, so, so incredibly freaking good. Yeah. I cannot send tonight's the finale. So you guys ready? Not really. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, <laughs> the thing is, I, I wish tonight was not the finale. I'm not ready to, to say goodbye, goodbye to this show for the season. You know, I, I'm, I, I want more. Um, and I'm glad also- to know, it, I'm glad to know it's been renewed, but I, it's like, ah, I want more of this season. It's always good to leave people wanting more than dreading less. True. And, that's, uh, that's true. Yeah. And we, we're probably going to get two more seasons because the last of us part two video game, they said is going to be two seasons and not one because the, that game is twice as long as the first game. Oh, is this, is, is, is this going to take us through the end of the first video game? Yes. So yeah, so tomorrow, so tonight's episode is the end of the video, the first video game, but the second video game is twice as long, so they said they need two seasons for that one. I kind cool. of, I kind of find myself hoping that they, because they have gone, you know, off in other directions for certain things where this season has been concerned from the video game, and I, I really find myself hoping that they go in different directions for the second one. Um, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, just just oh, FYI for you. I think a shame. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're giving this two thumbs up. Oh uh, yeah. If you guys have definitely. If you guys have any questions or comments, just send them to tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio Six Degrees of Geek and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye bye. Bye-bye.